I hope all of you uh, enjoyed the worship, uh, the presence of God. Um, it's always very needed in all our own homes. Um, talking about the presence of God, I think we, we really want to talk about Good Friday now and the meaning of that cross um, because the cross really defines Christianity, including Jesus' resurrection. So in order to get somebody to help me talk about the cross, can I just call Pastor Fergus and invite him into this conversation? Can you invite him with me? Let me just call him. There we go. So that the both of us will now explain to, um, uh, expound on the Word of God about the cross. Pastor Fergus, are you there? Hi, Isaac. Hey, bro. How are you? Are you there? Can you hear hey, me? I'm, I'm good. It's so good to uh, have you in conversation about Good Friday. It's a Thank church you so much for joining us, man. We're going out to the church. Hi, church. Hi, <laughs> SABKL. So good to have you guys with us. All right. It's good. Um, okay, Isaac. Pastor Fergus, away. Mm. last night as, as we were preparing this whole segment, mm -hmm. this 20-25 minute segment about Good Friday, when we were bouncing mm -hmm. ideas off each other, you, you struck a real nice chord with me when you said that you want to talk about the covenant aspect of the cross. I really love it. Can yes. you explain a yes. little bit more to us? What, what is this covenant? Okay, so... Um when I've been thinking about uh, Good Friday, obviously, and, and my mind, strangely enough, has been going back to Genesis chapter 15. Okay, so I'm going to turn to Genesis chapter 15. If you're watching this at home, yep. if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, please turn to Genesis 15. If you've got 15 and you're on YouTube, you can say, I got it, or amen, or thumbs up, some kind, something, interact with us. So everyone in the church is also following. Okay, I found this. Okay, Genesis 15 uh, is when God re-covenants with Abram, right? He's not even Abraham yet, right? It's just Abram. Um, and this is the point where God gives him, God and Abram have a sign for their covenant to each other. I'm going to read to you um, from verse, verse 9. God uh, says to Abram, bring me a heifer, three years old. That is a, a, a cow, right? Um, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, and then there's a, there's a turtle dove and a pigeon as well. Um, but for the first three livestock, he brought him all these and cut them in half and laid their pieces over one another. And so um, this text does not precisely say it, um, though we know from Jewish tradition that this symbolism, this picture of cutting the animals in two is meant to communicate that if you break the covenant that is being made here, may you be as these animals who have been torn in two. So really what's taking place here is like there is a picture of what covenant breaking is going to look like for the one who breaks covenant. You're going to be sawn in two. Now, what happens on the cross? The cross is payback for covenant breaking, right? But here's the thing we broke covenant. Jesus didn't break covenant, but how does Jesus help us to keep on keeping covenant? He helps us by paying the price of the covenant breaker. He was the covenant keeper. We were the covenant breaker. But because of his great love for us, he stood in the place of the one whose body, so to speak, was bludgeoned in 
to it, it, the, the metaphor here is cut into two right but his body was was, was took the hit so to speak um, so so that that really broke my heart I, I, I can I tell you one other place that my mind has been going yeah. uh, Go it's a it. similar strand um, as Genesis 15 it's in Deuteronomy 28 so again if you've got your Bibles if you're following this um, on YouTube at home if you can turn with me to Genesis oh, sorry Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 28 right Deuteronomy 28 there is a short list of blessings if you obey the covenant and then there is a very long list like a very long very lurid very oh gosh like it's, it's just so terrifying list of curses for those who break covenant and when I see this again, uh, I'm not going to be able to read everything for you. But for those of you in church, you're, you're reading this at home after this uh, uh, recording. Uh, I want to encourage you to take some time, go back and read uh, Deuteronomy 28. Because let me tell you what you are going to see in Deuteronomy 28. You're going to see all the horrors that are due to covenant breakers by right that should be us. And I'm going to read to you just one verse. It's almost like a summary verse. It says in verse 48, The Lord was sent against you in hunger, thirst, nakedness, and lacking everything. You will be hungry, you will be thirsty, um, you will be naked, and you will lack everything. And He will put a yoke of iron on your neck until you are destroyed. Now, that's a real punishment for those who fail to keep covenant but who bore it for us when i think about the cross i think about his thirst on the cross i think about his nakedness on the cross i think about the yoke and the weight that was on him until he died and i see deuteronomy 28 but when i see it now i see the substitution of christ and how he stood in that place to bear the punishment for me so that really breaks my heart bro so so that's that's like the little bit on covenant that's been on my mind how about you uh what's been on your mind share with us your thoughts wow um i love what you shared man um a lot of my theology really rests or at least begins with genesis ah, 15. nice so nice. i i I love what you short, uh, shared yeah. and, and I think we can both talk uh, six hours on Genesis 15, <laughs> but we've got 20 minutes. Uh, um, you know, as, as, as I, was, I was hearing what you're saying, what came to my mind is, is the word Passover. You see, the whole, the whole theme of Passion Week is when Jesus 2000 years ago uh, entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and then he went to the cross on Good Friday and then he was resurrected on Easter Sunday that whole week is Passover week in the Jewish calendar and it brought me to my mind well, what is the first mention of Passover in the Bible when when did God uh, instituted Passover and it is found in the book of Exodus so if you could um, join me in the book of Exodus, if you could turn chapter Exodus 12. chapter 12. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. there you yeah. go. Uh, Exodus chapter 12. Um, I'm going to read um, 1 to about 13 for us today because it, it carries a lot of meaning. Go for so it, So if you're yeah. there, go for it. Yeah. I'm going to read. Mm -hmm. Excellent. 12.1 The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, um, now let me let me bring bring some context into the reading. Um, during this 
first Passover, the Israelites were in Egypt. They were in the land of Egypt, but they were not there as free people. They were there as slaves. So they were enslaved by the Egyptians and, and they were crying out to God all those years. And this moment in history, God says, I will deliver you. I will bring you out of captivity into the promised land. So he sent two people, Moses and Aaron, to bring the people out. And this is where we land. Verse 2. This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel. Now I'm going to stop right there. You see, at this point of time where God was delivering the Israelites, He told every single person, you can read the whole book of Exodus, He told them, go into your own homes and close the door. So every single Israelite were in their own homes with their own families and the door was closed. But even though we're, uh, they were all enclosed in their own homes and we're all restricted in our own homes, God still says, His word still says, tell the whole community. God still addresses not just you, he doesn't just address me, but He addresses the whole community. So God is, is one God speaking one word to all His people. So this is the word of God for us all on Good Friday. That's amazing. Let me continue. Mm -hmm. Verse 3. That on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. So it's a lamb, yeah? Uh, if any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor. It's, it's an amazing that God still says, even though you're confined to your own homes, Israelites, share your lamb with the nearest neighbor. There are going to be people out there that is not so fortunate as, as you. Share it with someone else. So even, even if we're confined in this own homes, let us remember in this time, what is, what is the cross? The cross is also about sharing our fortunes, sharing our, our, our what we have with somebody who is less fortunate than us. So, so good, Remember bro. those people. Yep. Um, yeah, let me continue. Yep. Uh, uh, verse 4. Having taken into account the number of people there are, you are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect. I just want to repeat. One-year-old male lambs without defect, which means it's a perfect lamb. And you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. God says you need to slaughter the lambs at a specific time. But of course, in communion, uh, uh, we don't have a specific time. But for us, our specific time will be right after this segment where we're going to do communion together mm -hmm. as a community online. Yep, Is that that's okay? what we're going to do. Yep. Excellent. And I think Pastor Fergus will lead us uh, uh, through that communion. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward for, uh, yeah. to it. Got all Verse the seven. stuff ready. Yep. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat and the lambs. And I will speak on this verse 7 a bit, a, bit, a bit more later on. That same night, they are to eat the lamb roasted over the fire. That's interesting. The lamb is roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs. Bitter herbs, not just herbs, but bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. And that's your communion right there. See, Passover for the Jewish people was lamb, Passover meal, lamb and bread without yeast. 
we're gonna have a, a drink, a sweet drink, and also a biscuit or a bread, uh, 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 just to symbolize communion uh, for us. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, but roast it over the fire, head, legs, and inner parts. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. This is the Lord's Passover. You know, just give me two more minutes. I Go wanna, for it, bro. I want to yeah. extract two. Yeah, I want to extract two important points about this whole uh, scripture reading for us about Passover. The first part is in every Passover and every Passion Week and every time we take communion, we must remember there is a sacrifice. And in this case, the sacrifice is a one-year-old lamb, male, without defect. Fast forward thousands of years to the New Testament where in the book of John chapter 1 verse 29 it says look there is Jesus the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world you see back then Jesus was not in the picture in the book of Exodus so he told them to sacrifice a lamb that is perfect without blemish that lamb bore the sins of the family but we now, we don't have to sacrifice an actual lamb. We've got Jesus who sacrificed himself on that cross. Isn't that amazing? And in the book of Exodus, it says, the lamb is roasted over fire. I just want to picture it for you. Jesus is on that cross, roasted over fire. His blood was shed for us. His body was broken for us. All so that he can take your sins and he can take our sins away for us. That's the sacrifice and the beauty of Good Friday. That's the first motif. The second motif is really this, that every single person was confined to their own homes. It just means that God wants to protect you under his sacrifice. He's putting us in our homes to protect us all under his sacrifice. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that great? And I, I, think, I think for us, um, uh, I want us all to remember that communion doesn't come cheap. It takes a sacrifice. The life of a perfect man, Jesus Christ. Communion is not cheap. It's paid at the heftiest of cost. And that's why we appreciate it. And that's why we thank Jesus with all our hearts. What do you think, Pastor Ferks? Dude, Isaac, just now when you were said, when you were talking about how the lamb is roasted on the fire, like for the first yep. time, yep. like do you remember when I when, when I um I preached atonement and enthronement meet on the cross, and oh yes yes I remember that sermon I remember your sermon and, art there's a cross <laughs> yes yeah there's atonement enthronement yes and you showed a picture. Yes, right? I showed a bunch of pictures and one of the pictures I showed was of Jesus on the cross and it was like his wow. flesh was on fire. Do you remember that picture? The one with Jesus, his flesh I remember was on... that now, picture. It's... It was like yesterday, I remember. And so, so when, you, when you read just now wow. um, from, from uh, Exodus 12, how the lamb is roasted on fire. Uh, wow. Do you know what? All my hair stood up, man, because I immediately went back um, and found the passage wow. that I was reading in Romans chapter 8. Um, and it says, yeah, I'm going to read it out now. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin 
in the flesh. Wow. And and I think what those two pictures of the lamb on fire um, and and the flesh being condemned and my memory being triggered uh, back to that same picture, I think what it just brings my brings me to think about and to consider is how is the extent to which Jesus' body had to take a hit, right? So so I mean sometimes we think about sometimes maybe we think about. Um, uh, the the punishment of Jesus as uh, uh, as a cosmic thing, right? He, the, okay, he had to he had to yeah. be punished, you know. Or sometimes we think about the psychological torture of my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But we don't. Yeah. I mean, we should, right? And I think we do, but we need to really home in on this. Like, that, that's where I'm at right now. To really home in on the physical, fleshly pain, that corporeal pain. That Jesus had to go through. It's like when his when he when sin was condemned in the flesh. It's as if his body is being completely burnt up in flames. Almost you can say the fiery judgment um, for our covenant breaking, right, um, was upon him at that time. So so when thanks so much for sharing that because you really triggered. A memory from something that we have been talking about. Uh, can I jump very quickly into Isaiah for just a moment? Please do. Yeah, man, because Isaiah. Isaiah uh, I've been in Isaiah for a bit. I've been in Isaiah through the ten tens, and and I mean it's the famous the famous passage Isaiah fifty three, um, which really is again. I mean, like I'm I'm seeing all these parallels, right? There's Genesis fifteen, the animals cut into. I'm seeing Deuteronomy twenty eight yeah. and the, and the punishment, yeah. the curses for disobedience, and I'm seeing Romans eight, uh, um, and and condemn sin being condemned in the flesh, and maybe I can land here Isaiah fifty three. Verse four. Surely he has borne our griefs; he has carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken. See, bo- bearing our griefs and and carrying our sorrows—that's a very—it's kind of like an emotional, psychological pain uh, um, that is there. Yet we ex- esteem him stricken, smitten by God. Smitten by God is like this kind of like a cosmic punishment, right? We don't really feel it, but it says here, afflicted. He was now. Now you see the body. Now we see the body really being punished. He was pierced yep. for our transgressions on his hands. Yep. He was crushed yep. for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. Upon him, you could almost read, upon him was the being bludgeoned in two that brought us peace. Upon him were all the curses of, Je- of Deuteronomy 28 that brought us peace, right? Um, and by his wounds, we are healed. And when, and when I land on this and I think about the about the how precious Good Friday is, how precious the cross is, how precious his sacrifice is, and I say, uh, um, church, all of all of us right now, let's just even rest. I mean, later we're going to be taking communion, right? Um, but let us just like really savor uh, uh, um, the love and self-sacrifice of Jesus on the cross because it didn't just cost him like his life. I mean, when we say it cost him his life, it is very conceptual. It cost him his life. Like it cost him a lot of pain. It cost him a lot of, uh, a, a lot of physical torture. You know, his body bore the hit, you know. Um, so, so that's where I'm at. Uh, I, but I know you were talking just now. You said, and I remember what you said, uh, Genesis 12, 
uh, sorry, Exodus 12, you said that the blood on the doorpost, you wanted to come back to it. I'm going to hold you to that, bro. Can you come back to it? Tell us a little bit more about the blood on the doorpost because I think I'm seeing something here. Wow. Yes, I, I really I really do. Um, let me just bring us back to, to Exodus and then move on forward to Hebrews, uh, the New Testament. You see in the book of Exodus where, where God says, that lamb that you just slaughtered, take, take its blood and smear it on the doorpost of your house so that when the angel of death passes through the land of Egypt and he sees your house with the blood on the doorpost, he would know that this family belongs to God. He would know that this family has been forgiven by God. So the angels of death will pass your house by. And in this day and age, because of that cross, we no longer need to sacrifice a goat. Praise the Lord, because Jesus is the sacrifice. On that cross, He became the Lamb of God and He became our sacrifice. And on that cross, His blood was shed and His blood flowed from His body all the way to the foot of the cross, all the way to the land. And that is symbolically representation and representative of our lives where the blood of Jesus, if you can just imagine, just covers our lives, covers your house, covers your rooms, cover your life, the life of your loved ones. And it represents the forgiveness of your sins. It represents that God washes you white as snow. From the inside out, He cleansed you making you white as snow. It also represents the protection of God over your family. Where when we pray that may the blood of Jesus cover us all, it represents that God is protecting us, that the hand of God is over our lives, saying, children, my children, it is okay, because my son, my only begotten son, Jesus Christ, has bought it all for you on that cross. That is. That is the goodness of Good Friday. That is the goodness of what Jesus did on that cross. And that is why tonight, as we, as we partake of communion, we take the drink. That is a remembrance of that blood shed for us. As we partake of the bread, that is the remembrance of God's body that was broken for us. And that's point number one. But let me just wrap it up with, with a re remembrance. Because in the book of Exodus, when the Israelites partook of the Passover, they didn't realize that the Passover would be realized in Jesus Christ thousands of years later. That Jesus Christ will be the Lamb of God thousands of years later on that cross, sacrificing Himself for all of humanity. When we partake of communion, we got to remember that Jesus died for us. But not only that, we got to remind ourselves that we are always looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ where He comes in victorious and He comes in uh, riding on a white horse saying, my children, my children, it is time to come home. And we look forward to that second coming of Jesus Christ. And that's why we partake of communion today. So just to wrap up everything that we've shared we, we want every family in your own homes with a drink and a bread to partake of communion together. 
And Pastor Fergus is going to bring us through that and he's going to administer Holy Communion for us. So Pastor Fergus, would you, would you take it on? Thank you so much. Sure thing, Isaac. Church, right now, if uh, you've got your communion emblems with you at home, can you um, uh, bring it out before yourself and with your family? If you haven't got them, I'm just going to give you a short moment uh, to go and get that prepared. And in the meantime, for the rest of us who are already sitting in front of our, of our screens and we are ready with the communion, I just want to share this one last uh, thing with you that I saw just now when we were looking at, at Exodus 12. And Pastor Isaac was showing us uh, one of the verses there says that um, that because the blood is on the doorpost, no plague shall come near to you. Isaac, do you see that verse? I, I, I I've closed my Bible. I, I, I forgot 13. which verse it is. Exodus 12, verse 13. 13. Can you read that out? Uh, let me read it out for everybody. Exodus 12, verse 13. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Wow. Wow. That, that's the verse. And friends, all of you at home, I want to remind you that even through this whole uh, coronavirus lockdown season, we've been praying Psalm 91 over and over and over again. And Psalm 91 opens with, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. There is the shelter of the Most High. There is the shadow of the Almighty. Because we have made the Lord our refuge, that no plague shall come near our tent. And right. that is precisely what Exodus 12 verse 13 is trying to say. When the blood is upon your doorpost, when you are covered by the blood of Jesus, that no plague shall befall your home. Amen. Amen. So I trust that all of you guys have got um, have got your your emblems in front of you if you are watching and I'm sure if you're watching this on YouTube uh, uh, you've got your stuff in front of you if you do can you just quickly type into the YouTube and say amen or show us a thumbs up uh, just just let everyone know that you've got it all set I'm not on YouTube I'm on video so I'm just gonna give you a thumbs up because I've got my communion emblems in front of me right now I've got my Rabina and my wife baked everyone's been baking bread right my wife baked some bread uh, so I've got that I trust everyone's got their emblems everyone's ready come let us let us just enter into a time of remembering and just just entering into the reverence um, of this moment just take a moment of silence and allow the Lord to just speak to you about what it cost him to bring us back to us, to bring him, to bring us back to him.
Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this time of communion. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are a good and faithful God. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the cross. Father, I thank you that tonight we can we can enjoy communion uh, with each other through the gift of technology, and that Pastor Isaac and I are able to to even uh, spend time with the whole church in this way. Father, I thank you for this whole session. Church, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, "This." is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me let us pray all of us at home if you can hold up your bread before you I just want to remind all of us to take communion in solemn way if you haven't given your life to jesus christ i encourage you to abstain from taking communion before you do so but for the rest of us let us pray Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your body broken for us. Lord Jesus, we exalt in the we exalt in the power of your self-sacrifice, the power it has to give us life. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you put your body on the line so that we can be called covenant keepers, that you bore the punishment of our covenant breaking, Lord God, and by so doing, you are, you are to put your body to be broken for us, Father God. Lord Jesus, it is a pain and a suffering that we cannot even imagine, but today we do this in remembrance of you. We thank you and we pray that as we partake of this bread, we will remember the sufferings of Christ for the saving of our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let Amen. us partake of this. After supper ascended, Jesus took the cup and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do it as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your blood that ran on the cross. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that every drop of that blood was shed so that we can find full protection, full saving full remission of our sin, that every drop of your blood was shed so that we can be fully saved, Lord God. That all our sins are forgiven and that covered in the blood, we will be fully saved. That no plague shall come into our home. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks. We give you thanks, Lord God, for this cup. We do this in remembrance of you. Let us partake of this cup together. Friends, I want to thank you for spending this time together with Pastor Isaac and I. It really has been such a joy to spend Good Friday with you like this. And I really want to thank God for all of you for preparing your envelopes. I want to honour all of you for taking this so seriously and so reverentially. So, Pastor Isaac, I'm going to let you take over church. Pastor Isaac is going to lead us into, into more worship while we close. So until then, I'm going to sign out first. Pastor Isaac, you take it on from here? Yep.
Yeah. We'll do. All right. I'll see you guys. See you. And I'm going to log off from now. All right. See you. See ya. Yes, oh God, your name indeed is powerful. Your name indeed is beautiful. Your name indeed is wonderful. The name above all names that is Jesus Christ, oh God. And tonight we worship you. We praise you, Father God. We say thank you, Lord Jesus, for our redemption, for our reconciliation. Thank you, Lord God, for paving a way for our repentance and for allowing us to reign with you on high. We thank you, Jesus, and all, it's all we can do. Praise you, worship you, honor you with all our lives, O oh God. So we thank you, Jesus. May we never forget the sacrifice that you did for us on that cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, church, for joining us uh, in worship together for Good Friday. I just want to say I'm looking forward to seeing every single one of you again for our Easter Sunday service. It is this Sunday at 11 o'clock in the morning. So invite your friends and invite your family to understand and worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords that is alive here on this earth and in the heavenlies today. I cannot wait to worship with you, but for now, have a good night and may the Lord God bless you. See you, church.